Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning. May the 23rd, 2022, it is 7.03 on your Tucson Monday, and you're listening here on uh, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Got to uh, enjoy maybe some of the outdoors around, you know, before we get too miserably hot out there, uh, or maybe you just kind of stayed indoors and took care of some home, you know, stuff at home, or maybe you just sat and watched some sports all weekend long. Regardless, hope you had a great weekend and hope you're ready for a uh, for a great week in whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, as we get ready for Memorial Day weekend coming up next weekend, <clears throat> so it's always a always a, a good weekend for the uh, uh, for the workforce as you get that third day off and Indy 500 and you know, there's a lot of plenty of other things going on in the world of sports as well. And we've got a lot of stuff to get into today. There was, a, you know, a, a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend, specifically things uh, with Arizona softball and Arizona baseball, which we will definitely get into. We'll kind of start off the show with that. There was Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs. There was some uh, dust-ups in Major League Baseball. And I do have uh, some opinions on the things that happened in New York between Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson, the White Sox, the Yankees, uh, I do have some some opinions on that, and uh, we'll be expressing that today. And uh, who who knows what else? I mean, gosh, anything else could uh, could pop up today. Not a whole lot going on in the NFL. I'll try to to see if I can squeeze in some NFL for you today. I mean, that is my promise to you is that we'll talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show, and we'll see what we can do. I, I know that uh, um, the uh, one of the one of the out, one of the news outlets, or the NFL news outlets, came out with their. Uh, with their uh, their power rankings coming into the season, uh, you know, I, I think we'll still need to wait and kind of see what these rookies look like, what the new players look like, how they're uh, fitting in with their new uh, their new teams and such. But you know, there's still plenty of plenty of time to look through that and and give some opinions on uh, what we believe is is going to happen or what we think is going to happen. Give some power rankings and stuff. And again, I I you know I kind of have an idea. I know who my top two teams are after that teams three through 10 or, you know, 15, 16, whatever, that's a lot more difficult to uh, to figure out. I mean, I have some ideas of some teams that are going to improve and some teams that are going to be a little bit worse this year than they were last year. Uh, and certainly we know that which divisions are going to be tough this year and which ones are not. I mean, the NFC West went from being one of the toughest divisions in football to, you know, now you look at the NFC West and, okay, the champs are in there, obviously the Rams. They're one of the two or three best teams in the NFL. You've got the 49ers who, you know, under Kyle Shanahan, continue to make the postseason, win postseason games, uh, you know, find new ways to be inventive on offense and win games, and then the consistent revolving door of defensive linemen that just continue to run through there. That always makes them a tough, a tough team to play. But then you've got the Seahawks that are now going to be in full rebuild mode. And you've got the Arizona Cardinals who are a lot of – there's. There's a, a lot of question marks about the Arizona Cardinals. There are some people that say that this is a team that could be, you know, 10 and 7, 11 and 6, and there are teams that are there are people that are saying that that, that team is going to take a, a major step back this year, looking at maybe six or seven wins. So 
kind of a uh, a volatile situation as it's constantly ever changing here in the NFC West. Um, as you know, what, we, what once was thought to be the best division in football, now nowhere near the best division in football. So we all know what the best division in football. And I've said it before. It's the best division in the history of the NFL. I don't think that there's ever been a more competitive and scary set of four teams in one division ever than what we're seeing in the current AFC West. So we'll talk some NFL uh, coming up a little bit later as well. Let's start with some local things that happened over the weekend. Arizona softball advances to the Super Regional again as now uh, the uh, the Arizona Wildcats just continue. Look, this the postseason is... Arizona it just owns the postseason. I was watching um, some of the some of the softball games over the weekend on uh, on the ESPN outlets, and they were showing like some of the records, like okay, you know, all time wins in regionals, and Arizona I think was number two all time in most regional wins. They also have two of the three longest winning streaks in regional history. You know, amount as as you know as far as you know regional games won in a row because Alabama was the new record setter. They had won like 40, I think 42 games in a row before they ended up losing to Stanford who advanced, which was, that was a crazy, uh, crazy to see there as well. Pac-12 once again showing up in the postseason as, as, as you know, as we always do, the Pac-12 always does in, uh, in softball. But Arizona shuts out Missouri twice, the host Tigers in the SEC. And uh, Mizzou, had, you know, they had a really, really good season. The two shutouts that Arizona had, you know, this year makes up half of the shutouts that Missouri had themselves the entire season. So uh, Arizona, the pitching was great. Devin Nets was spectacular yesterday as she pitched a shutout on Sunday to close out Missouri. Uh, Charlize Palacios provided all the offense the Wildcats needed. And uh, you often see that in the postseason. It's One run comes across the plate, and that could be the game winner, um, as, it, you know, it's been customary in Arizona Wildcats softball history, you know she leads off the fifth inning with a home run, makes it one nothing, and that was basically it. That's all they needed. And you know these pitchers duels and things like that that occur in the postseason. Not every game is you know like what you see in in some of these other regionals where it's you know thirteen to six and stuff like that. I mean when when Arizona plays, it's <laughs> I mean we've been feasting the, you know this way for a long long time, whether it's you know Mike Candrea or Caden Lowe now. They uh, they both know exactly how to uh, put together a, a, a program and a system that works in the postseason, and it's just tough to beat Arizona. I mean, it, it's I mean it's impossible to beat teams when you can't score. <laughs> you score nothing, you're not going to win the game. Period. Uh, so um, you know Arizona has made a you know they made a living off of that in the postseason. So now Arizona softball once again will advance to a super regional. Arizona did not get the opportunity to host. There was a there was a chance they could have hosted because uh, of of you know basically what occurred in the rest of the the rest of the the landscape of of softball yesterday or over the weekend I should say but specifically yesterday when Mississippi State stunned the number two team in the country Florida State Mississippi State goes into uh, Tallahassee where the uh, where the the games were being hosted. And they beat Florida State two times yesterday to advance to their own Super Regional. So Mississippi State gets to host um, as they were the the victors over a uh, much higher-ranked team. So NCAA gave them the nod. So the Wildcats are now going to be traveling to Starkville in Mississippi to take on the Bulldogs. And uh, both of those teams are unseeded teams. They were teams that did not have a seed ranking going into this uh, this particular postseason. So 
that uh, Arizona, you know, kind of dodges a bullet, so to speak. I guess. I mean, you know, it's you know, you 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 want to play the best teams on your way up. I mean, that's that's the way that I was always raised. I always have had that philosophy. Like I always want to play the best and. When I play, when you know, when we play the best, I want them to be healthy. I want them to be at their best because I want to know that we beat the best. But when you're rooting for a team, it's like, can we just get past these guys? And uh, you know, they were able to avoid Florida State, which is really fortunate for the Wildcats. So they get to take on Mississippi State now. Other Pac-12 teams that are still in the uh, still in the tournament as other teams advancing to the Super Regional. Once again, uh, you know, of the, of the 16 teams, five of them are Pac-12 teams. You've got. Arizona State, who is going to be hosting Northwestern in the Super Regional, uh, those games begin on uh, on Friday. All, I think I think all the games begin on Friday. I don't think we have any games starting on Thursday. Maybe we do have like one regional starting on Thursday. Regardless, uh, Arizona State is hosting Northwestern in a Super Regional. That's a pretty good matchup. That's like the eight seed versus the nine seed. That was all chalk in their bracket. Uh, so Arizona State moving on. They're hosting Northwestern. UCLA, who was dominant in their uh, in their regional bracket, as uh, they beat Grand Canyon, and then I I think they beat Ole Miss. I think it was like nine to nothing or something. <coughs> Pardon me. They they just they were just smoking everybody. UCLA looks really good right now, uh, and they're going to be hosting Duke, who was the number twelve seed in the tournament. They looked pretty good. Uh, they got. They got in a little bit of a, of a fight with Georgia, I guess, over the, on Saturday, on Sunday, but they were able to, to climb back and they run rule them in the second game. So Duke moved on to uh, to take on UCLA that game. Uh, that series will start in Los Angeles on uh, on Friday, and then two other Pac-12 teams are going to play one another as two upsets: Oregon State, who uh, you know, essentially upset. Uh, Ohio State in their first round, and then beat Tennessee, who was a really highly ranked uh, team uh, in the in the regional there to advance. Stanford, as I mentioned, they beat Murray State. That was an upset because Stanford was essentially the the three seed in that regional um, as they uh, they beat Murray State, and then Alabama, who I mentioned before, you know, held the record for the longest win streak in regional history. And uh, they upset Alabama. I was watching some of that game. And Stanford, it seemed like Alabama would kind of chip away at the lead and then Stanford would attack on another one or two in the next inning. And it's just they they just kept piling it on. And uh, they looked pretty good. So Stanford now going to host a Super Regional versus Oregon State. So those are the five Pac-12 teams remaining. Late last night, uh, they were still trying to determine whether it was going to be Texas or Washington because that uh, that regional, I think, was affected by weather. There was a lot of delays, lightning delays and such. But late last night or later you know, in the evening yesterday, Washington did finally succumb to Texas. That's kind of an upset. Washington is obviously really, really good. Texas was the unseeded team in that, uh, in that half of the bracket, um, and uh, they advanced. They're going to be taking on Arkansas in that super regional. So you're down to the final 16 teams. As I mentioned, Oklahoma, the number one team in the country, they're still, uh, you know, they're still alive. They're hosting a super regional versus uh, Central Florida, um, and then the other one that I didn't mention was the uh, the Oklahoma State and uh, Clemson. Oh, and the Virginia Tech also. They're a really highly ranked team, but Oklahoma State and Clemson, and then uh, Virginia Tech, Florida. Those are the other regionals. So it's down to the Sweet Sixteen for uh, for Arizona softball. Good for them. You know, Caitlin Lowe took a lot of 
uh, took a lot of guff when the team started off 0-8 in the conference this year. They also did not finish uh, particularly well. They barely got in to the tournament. But as always, with Arizona softball, all you got to do is get them in and then, you know, you'll start letting things happen. And, uh, you know, this this is not one of the best programs in the entire country and has been for a long time for nothing. So uh, proud of the uh, proud of the ladies as they return back to uh, to Tucson for a couple days before they head out to Starkville to take on Mississippi State in a uh, in a best of three series. And that series will begin on uh, on Friday. The uh, uh, first pitch is at noon, I believe, and that'll be on ESPNU. So if you want to watch that, uh, that'll be on ESPN. I know a lot of people, I saw people on Twitter that were complaining that the games weren't on ESPN and, and all this other stuff. Like ESPN has to pick and choose which, which games they're going to show. Um, you know, and I know that Arizona fans don't want to hear that there are better programs out there right now than them, but ESPN chose to you know show the number one team in the country, the number three team in the country, the number four team in the country. I mean, those are the choices that they had to make, and you know they put Arizona on the streaming service, and now they've moved to the Super Regional again. It'll be ESPNU, but just about everybody with a sports subscription package has ESPNU, so you'll be able to watch that, uh, as I mentioned, Friday at noon, and then Game 2 is Saturday, scheduled for, uh, for 4 o'clock. Both of those will be on ESPNU, and then if necessary, Sunday's game uh, has not been determined at time yet. Wildcat baseball, on the other hand, not a good finish to the season. In fact, they got swept in Eugene. I talked about it on Friday. Talked about how important it was for Arizona to go up to Eugene and at least win two of the three games against the Ducks because you want to stay in that upper half of the bracket for the Pac-12 tournament because you want to be a home team. You want to have last at-bats. And Arizona just they couldn't they couldn't get any hitting uh, just none no hitting at all really I thought the pitching did pretty well outside of the opener when they gave up ten runs uh, I think they went four like Oregon hit four home runs in that game but uh, the the bats were just silent for the Wildcats all weekend uh, in a very very hitter friendly park which it is disappointing to say the least and they get swept for the first time in a series since they were swept in April of 2019 when they were up in Corvallis when Oregon State was the number one team in the country. So first time getting swept in a series, that's extremely disappointing. They lose to Oregon in that series, who then they flip-flopped with in the, in the, the, for the Pac-12 tournament. So now the Wildcats are going to have to play Oregon again on Wednesday, and this time, uh, you know, even though being played on a, on a neutral field, Oregon will once again be the home team, and that game is going to start at 9 a.m. <laughs> local time. Uh, so the the boys are going to have to get up bright and early that morning to uh, to play some baseball uh, at the uh, at the at the tournament. The good the good thing is is that Wednesdays and Thursday Wednesday and Thursday uh, I, I think the weather is being forecast at like the high is supposed to be like 107 on Wednesday or Thursday, which is just brutal. So. At least they get to play at 9 a.m. when it's still only like 90. <laughs> so it, it won't be it won't be horrible. Uh, I feel bad for you know the teams like uh, the teams that they're playing later in the day. I know ASU and Stanford they're gonna. I think their first pitch is scheduled for like one o'clock, like right in the middle of the day. Yikes! Um, and then I, what I was told 
because uh, I was at, I was at, actually at the stadium on Friday. I had to go to the stadium to sign some papers and stuff because I'm going to be announcing the games over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Looking forward to it. And uh, they were like, oh, you get the good weather days. Apparently the forecast is that the, the uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games are going to be in the mid-90s. So, um, so that's good news. So if you're, if you're looking to come up for the, uh, for the weekend for the tournament, uh, uh, hoping that Arizona can advance because, uh, you know, if you, if you look at the way uh, the bracket works out, unfortunately they got put in Stanford's bracket, and Stanford is just – they're playing, you know, they're playing like uh, – what have they won, 12 in a row I think right now? Uh, they're just crushing people. Um, so they got put in Stanford's bracket. So if they do win, they'll play the winner of the Stanford-Arizona State game. Arizona State squeaks in as the eight seed after just getting smoked all weekend long. Uh, they got beat by Washington State, swept by Washington State, um, did, uh, did, the, did the devil. So they barely get in. They get the eight seed. Stanford is the one seed after uh, they, you know, they had a good weekend, of course. You know, we, we, there was the UCLA and uh, the UCLA-Oregon State series, which was nip and tuck. UCLA ended up winning two of those three games. So Oregon State on a little bit of a slide as well heading into the postseason. So uh, Arizona will play the winner. Or, well, the, I'm sorry. Shouldn't just assume that Arizona's going to win the game against Oregon. The winner of the Arizona-Oregon game on Wednesday will play on Thursday to play the winner of the Arizona State-Stanford game, and then the loser will play the loser of that game, going to the loser's bracket in the double elimination tournament. So, um, so we'll see what you know what kind of happens there, and if uh, if they can advance, that'd be great. Um, you know, and if they there's you can you can go to the bracket. You just go to Pac-12, uh, Pac-12.com, and they have the uh, the downloadable bracket there, and uh, you can kind of see the path for the Wildcats to get to the championship on Sunday night. So hopefully. Uh, the Wildcats get in there, have a good showing in the postseason, like we always do, and uh, see what happens. But I, I, I don't like, I don't like where they're at right now. You know, they they just take two out of three from the number one team in the country, and then you go up to to Oregon in a series that you pretty much have to win, and you can't get out of your own way, and that's a problem. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens on Wednesday. As uh, again, they had to play early, bright and early at nine o'clock in the morning. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there, and we'll of course cheer on Chip and the boys and uh, see if they can put together a string of wins and win this thing in Scottsdale in the inaugural Pac-12 baseball tournament. Looking forward to that. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll talk about some of the playoff series in the NHL and the NBA that took place over the weekend. Jason Tatum with a horrible game, and the Warriors one win away from knocking out the Mavericks. We'll talk about all that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Plenty going on in the association over the weekend on Saturday. In the uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, it was the Miami Heat beating the Boston Celtics 109-103 in uh, in Boston, a game that seemed over early. Uh, Miami came out and just uh, just beat the brakes off of the Celtics in the first quarter. Pardon me. <clears throat> Jeez, my apologies. Um, it was 39-18 at the end of the first quarter. Done. 21-point lead for the Miami Heat, and I'm like, okay, well, this game's over. And credit Boston for climbing back in it, 
even without their superstar, Jason Tatum, and I don't mean without him because he got injured, he played 41 minutes in that game and was absolutely awful. He, so he, he made three field goals and three free throws. That's six times the ball went through the bucket. He also had six turnovers in the game. Uh, not going to do it. Ten points and, uh, and six rebounds in 41 minutes. Not good enough if you're Jason Tatum. Now, thankfully for them, Jalen Brown just went off. He had 40 uh, in the game in, in 42 minutes. Al Horford also had a nice game, three of five from beyond the arc. He scored 20. But, uh, you, you know, without if you're not getting anything from Jason Tatum, you're going to be in big trouble if you're the Boston Celtics. And, again, you know, they, they climbed back within six, you know, finished that game, you know, six points. They, you know, they did a nice job of climbing back in there. Defensively, you know, they were able to get some stops from Miami. You know, they scored Miami only scored seventy in the final three quarters of the game, essentially, which is yeah, that's good. That's keeping them under twenty five a quarter. That's what you're that's what you're striving for in the NBA. So, you know, credit Boston for that. But it was too, you know, too little, too late, as you came out with no fire, no energy in front of your home crowd, and Miami just blitzkrieged them in the uh, in the opening uh, quarter there, and were able to uh, to take on that victory. Now. For Miami, Jimmy Butler got hurt in that game, and I know that Miami fans are, you know, they've been taking to the social medias and blaming Peyton Pritchard for grabbing his knee. And first of all, he didn't even grab his knee, he grabbed his quad, um, and he was, you know, falling to the ground. He, you know, Peyton Pritchard had fallen to the ground and was just trying to keep Jimmy Butler from getting a breakaway dunk. This is what happens in the NBA. The people, you know, instead of, letting the, you know, the continuation happen or calling a flagrant foul on those types of things, NBA has decided to just let you know, players get fouled and go to the free throw line instead of having a super exciting uh, you know, fast-break dunk play. Um, but you know, Jimmy Butler's been nursing this, this injury for quite some time. He only played 20 minutes in that game, and he only scored eight points. But during the, you know, the time that he was out there, he's a lot more effective than, say, you know, Jason Tatum was. But uh, for the uh, for the Heat, it was Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo was was fantastic in that game. Thirty one points, ten rebounds, six assists, four steals, uh, a block shot. He, I mean, he he was doing it all defensively. You know, Eric Spolstra is so good. And, and look, both of these coaches have done a great job. It's it's interesting, to, you know, to to think that. And I know that this isn't Jason Kidd's first head coaching, you know, gig. It's not his, his first time being a head coach, but this is his first season with the Dallas Mavericks. And they're in the Western Conference Finals. Ime Udoka, is, this is his first time with the Boston Celtics and obviously his first time uh, coaching. He is also in the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's, it's you know, I, I like kind of seeing the new blood, um, kind of a, you know, a different way of, of thinking and different philosophies and stuff. And obviously they've gotten their teams pretty far. But uh, Ime Udoka just continues to, uh, to impress me as far as, you know, being able to motivate his team and – find ways to make adjustments throughout the games to, you know, because the Boston Celtics are, are not, they're not the most talented team in the world. And look, neither is Miami. It's kind of a weird series. Like these are both, these are series of two teams that are just going to play like really hard defense and they're going to play a multitude of defenses. And, you know, for, for Miami, it's more about what they can do with their center with, you know, Bam is, is, uh, you know, he, he's, He's a lot like DeAndre in certain, you know, certain aspects where he can play a multitude of different types of defenses because he is so athletic. But he's just he's so good, you know, he's so strong, and 
You know, he's not he's not the jump shooter like you know like uh, uh, like like DeAndre is. He's you know get a little better at the offensive you know aspect of his game, but defensively he can just do so many things. Uh, you know, for for Miami, it's just impressive to watch Eric Spolstra work with you know work with him and that in that team. I mean, PJ Tucker's starting for Miami for God's sake. So is uh, Struess is starting for Miami right now. Like these are two guys who shouldn't be starting in a conference finals series and yet they're winning right now. I mean they're up the series is up two one for Miami and they'll be playing again. Uh they play tonight as uh, that game in Boston game four in Boston that game will be uh the game's on A B C tonight. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So that uh uh it's an interesting choice. I guess I I don't understand how the networks work. I figured that game would be on T N T but I think T N T has the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Anyway then on the other side, in the Western Conference Finals, the aforementioned Western Conference Finals, Golden State Warriors, Dallas was game. It was a close game uh, at halftime. I think Warriors had a one, was it a one-point lead at halftime, I think it was, uh, and then just put the clinches on, essentially, in that third quarter and really took control of that basketball game. They ended up winning 109-100. to and you know Andrew Wiggins has the you know has a nice game gets the huge dunk the huge dunk pardon me <clears throat> sorry <laughs> this is my uh, allergies are just killing me right now uh, gets the huge dunk on Luka Doncic and uh, a dunk that even Luka was like yeah I'm I'm totally impressed by that and and you know the the NBA the referees they call the offensive foul and you're just like why what are we doing here like what what is what, what is happening. And they go back and look at it. They go, oh, it wasn't a foul. Like, yeah, no kidding. What, 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 what did you expect? What did you think that was? Uh, and then Steph Curry was cooking as usual. Five of ten from beyond the arc. He's dancing. He's doing all kinds of things. And uh, he scores 31, gets 11 assists to go along with five rebounds. And the, the Warriors are in complete control of that series. The Mavericks, look, you know, Luka got 40 it was a very, very tough fought forty. He got fourteen. It was fourteen of seventeen from uh, from the free throw line. Uh, it's just been it's been a really tough series for him because not only have the Warriors kind of dictated how the offense moves through Luca, um, they've been able to defend his options. I know like Reggie Bullock last last night was, I mean he he was a detriment. To, he he was the Golden State Warriors' best player. He had like. Uh, it was 0 for 10 from the field, I think. He just kept launching shots. And it's like, no, no, no. But, uh, uh, and then, you know, of course, Maxi Kleber all of a sudden can't shoot after he shot the lights out in the Sun Series. That's just what we come to expect. But the Warriors have done a great job of kind of dictating, who you know, who, how Luka distributes the offense, whether they're going to put the clamp down on him and keep him from scoring or if they're going to let him score and just keep him from distributing. They've done a great job with that. But really, uh, again, you, you got to give credit to Steve Kerr, and it, it helps when you have Steph Curry. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He's certainly one of the greatest point guards of all time, and he'll go down in history as one of the best. It helps when you have a guy like that, obviously, for Steve Kerr. But, God, watching how they just abuse Luka Doncic on defense as far as, like, exploiting him, when they and they just they just continue to score on Luca and score and score and I mean they get buckets anytime they want on on Luka Doncic and it's really you know it's really showing uh, you know what what I was talking about in the Sun series just how bad defensively he really is and he's you know he's a liability defensively he is now in this series in three games in this series 
Luka Doncic is minus 61 on the plus-minus scale. That's absurd. For a player of his caliber to be minus 61 just tells you everything you need to know about what he is like defensively. And give credit to Steve Kerr and give credit to Steph Curry and the rest of the players on the team who have allowed themselves to, you know, to exploit that poor defense the way that the Phoenix Suns were not able to. So uh, props to the, to the Golden State Warriors. I fully expect them to, to close out that series. I don't think that game four is going to be even close, to be honest with you. Uh, that game is going to be tomorrow night. That will be on TNT in Dallas. I think Golden State closes them out. In, it just, Dallas just doesn't have any answers. They, they try all different things, and nothing has worked. So I, I think that Golden State puts them out of their misery finally and uh, will coast into the NBA Finals and then wait to see which team emerges from that slugfest in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, look, I, 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 don't, see, I don't see either of those teams from the Eastern Conference beating the Warriors, especially when the Warriors are, are going to get rest. The Warriors are going to get – when they sweep the Mavericks, they're going to get somewhere between four and six days rest by the time – that uh, that finals starts. That's just a that's an incredible amount of time to rest up and get ready for him. So, um, so yeah, we'll we'll keep you you know keep you abreast of everything that happens in the NBA. Of course, the NBA playoffs continuing on right now, waiting to see who the matchup in the finals are going to be. Stanley Cup playoffs as well. The Panthers have been pushed to the brink by the two-time defending champs. We'll talk about Stanley Cup playoffs and a whole lot more coming up next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. ESPN Tucson. Looking at the Stanley Cup playoffs over the weekend on Friday it was Carolina taking out uh, the New York Rangers, Edmonton winning in Calgary, and then they that tied the series up at 1-1. Carolina took a 2-0 series lead. On Saturday, there was you know Colorado at, at you know at St. Louis. Colorado wins the game 5-2. There was some uh, there was a dust up in the game. There was a collision between Colorado center Nazim Kadri and with St. Louis goalie Jordan Bennington. In that during that game, now, according to the uh, the Colorado Avalanche, they've been receiving threats, some of which are Islamophobic, because of their center Nazim Kadri is uh, is you know a member of the Nation of Islam. He's also uh, or he's well, he's Muslim and he's Lebanese. So there's been a lot of um, unsavory type of uh, of threats and things like that. Coming in from the uh, from the St. Louis fan base, I guess for the uh, the collision. Now that game is going to be played in St. Louis. Game four is tonight uh, in St. Louis. Currently, Colorado has a two one lead in that series. That could be very interesting to see. You know, if anything comes about of that, I know that um, they said that they've alerted the authorities and such, and there's going to be a lot of increased security at the game tonight. Yesterday. Uh, the New York Rangers fought back to, to get a, uh, to get a game back against the Carolina uh, Hurricane as that series is now 2-1. Carolina leads that series. Edmonton, they take a 2-1 series lead over Calgary in the battle for Alberta as they beat the Flames 4-1 yesterday. And it was the defending champs, the two-time defending champs, Tampa Bay Lightning, just absolutely destroying the Florida Panthers 5-1 
and I'll be honest with you, the game wasn't that close. Like, 5-1 to one is a absolute blowout in the world of hockey, and that game was not that close. It was 1-1, and then Tampa Bay just took off. Like, it it was a never-ending assault on uh, on the Florida net. And now Florida finds themselves down 0-3 in that series, and they have to play a back-to-back game tonight. So the Lightning go up 3-0, and then that game is going to be played at 4 o'clock today in Tampa Bay. I don't see any case where the Florida Panthers get a win. They have not shown any heart in this postseason. It's, you know, it's been a situation where the Florida Panthers, they, well, they had never won a postseason series before, right, in, in, since the inception uh, in, in, in 1996. They had never won a postseason series. They finally got that off of their that monkey off of their back when they when they won in the the first round, um, you know, in this in this particular postseason. But they have just not shown up. And uh, for the team that was the the Presidents Cup uh, winner this year, they you know they obviously had the 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 most points, you know, best winning percentage essentially in the league. A team that also led the NHL in goals scored. They they can't score. Like they've scored one goal a game. Uh, you know, for the entirety of this series, practically, and they weren't scoring a whole lot of goals in their first series either. So, um, it's just a team that has not shown up. It's a team that is still very young, and they had to, you know, put some pieces together mid-season. They fired their coach mid-season. Like, it's, you know, it was it was kind of a weird year for the Florida Panthers, and I think they'll be put out of their misery tonight uh, in a back-to-back game against Tampa. I think the champs show up and move on in that. Uh, uh, in that series, and then Colorado, as I mentioned previously, Colorado in St. Louis tonight for Game Four, and uh, could be some interesting uh, potential fireworks in that particular uh, in that particular game. So we'll uh, obviously have something for you on that tomorrow if anything uh, if anything does come about. Speaking of you know racial threats or you know the 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 I, I guess the the. Uh, the landscape of racism, not only just in sports, but in our world, obviously. There was a story that came out of Major League Baseball over the weekend. And in New York, it was the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees. They're in a series. This is a, a you know, it's a, it's a feud that has been going on for a long time. I mean, these two teams, these two fan bases just don't like each other. They've both been obviously very successful over the last couple of decades. Uh, teams that have had some uniquely outspoken players on both sides. I mean, they, they've, they've been teams that have hired, you know, players and, and, you know, employed guys that have, you know, big personalities and stuff. And one of those is Tim Anderson, who is a phenomenal baseball player for the Chicago White Sox, the, the shortstop, one of the you know, most talented players in all of Major League Baseball. And there was a dust-up yesterday between he and Josh, well, it wasn't between him and Josh Donaldson, although that was the root of the problem. The dust-up was Yasmani Grandal, who the, the the catcher for the White Sox, who confronted Josh Donaldson at the plate in the fifth inning for apparently something that Josh Donaldson had said, which he admitted to with the media following the game. And we'll talk. We'll start talking about this. I I, I have opinions on this, and I know that. Uh, a lot of radio hosts and stuff don't want to approach these types of um, these types of, of topics and subjects and stuff, but I think it's important to you know to get this thing out in the open and get people discussing these types of things because you know in 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 our world today, 
the media with their headlines and the way that they drive the narrative ends up being a very one-sided situation and people only believe the headline that is read they read you know they see the word racist or racism and they immediately go on the attack against the the accused offender without knowing any type of context or any kind of history that, that, that is involved with the story. Now, I'm not sitting here, I'm not taking up for Josh Donaldson, but I do want to explain everything that happened and, and why it is why it is an issue and what happened yesterday you know, between the two players and between the two teams. And we'll talk about that next right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Jeff Dean Show here. Still lots to do on this Monday edition. Now, we'll, we'll start talking about it here, and then I'll probably carry it over into the into the next segment. Uh, but there was, a, there was a, a dust-up between the two teams in the American League yesterday in New York with – the White Sox, and the New York Yankees. Now, the problem started, uh, well, according, unbeknownst to us, the problem started before the fifth inning, the fifth inning, you know, somewhat benches clearing, non-brawl type, you know, typical baseball stuff. When Yasmani Grandal stood up and greeted Josh Donaldson, the Yankees slugger Josh Donaldson at home plate, and got in his face and was pointing to his shortstop, Tim Anderson, about something and at that point Tim Anderson starts to run in like he's going to get involved and then all of a sudden the bench is clear the the bullpen's empty I mean everybody's on the field and there's a lot of stuff going on and Tim Anderson is making uh, a huge display of himself it's you know the typical guy looking like he's being held back by two other guys trying to get after somebody Tim Anderson had no no intentions of getting into a brawl with Josh Donaldson at that moment. Otherwise, he would have already done it. And Tim Anderson can say whatever he wants about, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about that. If you weren't about it, you would have taken care of business as soon as he said something to you in the first inning. Okay? So don't act like fake tough guy out here. I can't stand fake tough guy. And Tim Anderson quickly putting himself into that, uh, onto that list. Here's what happened. Okay? Now, Tony La Russa, manager of the White Sox, said that third baseman, Yankees third baseman Josh Donaldson, made a racist comment to, to Tim Anderson, and that's what sparked the, you know, the issue. Shortly after the, the Yankees beat Chicago at Yankee Stadium on Saturday, okay, Donaldson admitted to calling Tim Anderson Jackie in the first inning of that game. Anderson said that it happened twice in that game on on uh, on Saturday. Okay, so calling him Jackie in in you know reference to Jackie Robinson. Okay, the the the, the color barrier breaking Jackie Robinson celebrated throughout the league. There's an entire month for Jackie Robinson uh, in Major League Baseball. Okay, Tim Anderson said that it was disrespectful uh, of of Josh Donaldson to say that. So he went to Tony La Russa, his manager, and basically tattled on Josh Donaldson. Like, hey, just so you know, Josh Donaldson called me Jackie twice yesterday and didn't give any type of 
context, didn't give me kind of history on that. Well, Josh Donaldson went to the media and said after the game, he said, look, I'm going to give you guys some context here. So when, when Donaldson uh, – I, I don't want to misquote anything here. Uh, let me see if I can find the, the exact quote here. Uh, he says, first thing, I did call him Jackie, and I'll give you some context on it. And this is Josh Donaldson speaking with the media. He said, in 2019, he, meaning Tim Anderson, came out with an interview, and it, the interview was, on Sports, it was in Sports Illustrated in 2019. Came out with an interview and claimed himself to be the new Jackie Robinson of base, baseball. Okay, <clears throat> In that interview, uh, you know, SI basically prompted him and was, you know, they were during the interview, and they said, you know, basically, like, how do you, how do you want to leave your mark on Major League Baseball? And Tim Anderson said, I'm going to be the new Jackie Robinson of baseball. I'm not exactly sure what that means because you can only break the color barrier once. So I don't know exactly what he means. Josh Donaldson said that when Tim Anderson said it, it was because he wanted to bring fun back into the game, that Tim Anderson wanted to bring fun back in the game. So he said in 2019 when I played for Josh Donaldson, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about it in the game. He says, I'm not sure what's changed. Donaldson would kind of poke fun at Tim Anderson, like, hey, Jackie, he said he's called him it several times before. Like, <laughs> you know, hey, I, you know, I heard, you, heard you, you deemed yourself the new Jackie Robinson. What's up, Jackie? Okay. Not trying to be racist, not calling him, you know, the, uh, you know a, 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 the, the first name of the player who broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. Basically just saying, like, I heard what you said in Sports Illustrated. That's, you know, awfully uh, bold of you to take on the guy who's the rookie of the year trophy is named after. Okay. And started calling him Jackie. Just that's, this is what guys do is what specifically what baseball, baseball players constantly talk smack to one another. It's, it's constant. We'll continue this conversation at his side because Josh Donaldson is catching a lot of heat and major league baseball is reviewing a possible suspension for this. And we'll continue to talk about this on the other side of the break because I have a lot of opinions on this that I do want to share with you. Come on back for hour number two. We're just going to have a quick little turnaround here. We're going to turn it over to Sports Center first, a quick little two-minute break, and then we'll be back for hour number two right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. K285DL1049 FM Tucson. And KMXC HD4 Tucson.